Let's find out. One, two, three, three. Meanwhile, then shalt thou count to three. No more, no less. Three shall be the number thou shalt count, and the number of the counting shall be three. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of The Triptych. Again, for those of you who are new to this, The Triptych is the best, the most representative, and the work you think of the most from a variety of topics, whether it's an artist, musician, director, actor, any of those kinds of things. So Andy, today, you and I have talked about this, we are going to focus on an artist we both enjoy, Tori Amos. Yes. Uh, uh, the, the iconic alternative female voice of the 90s who spawned many imitators, but no one who really quite lived up to her. So, uh, yeah, love Tori Amos. I'm glad that we're talking so about So, Mira Ellen Amos, or a better known as Tori, named after a Tori Pine. Let's begin with you. Now, we talked about this a little bit before, and forgive us to those of you who are huge Tori fans. Mm-hmm. We know of Tori's catalog quite extensively. I mean, Andy and I were talking about Night of Hunters, which is the very composer-driven, which is a very interesting album. Uh, Her more more techno kind of years with To Venus and Back and From the Choir Grown Hotel, which has some really great songs on it that we like. But most of our Tori Amos fandom falls somewhere in this range a little before her first couple albums and uh, and sporadically throughout so uh we are children of the 90s we uh you know let's be honest like that is kind of where our heart lies in a lot of this and uh i'm i'm not going to apologize for that uh, it's it's in, at least in in, the, in terms of tori amos and, and that's the joy of doing this is again we we want you to weigh in and and tell us what you think of of some of the later works and and what you like and right and those sorts of things. Now, we are not necessarily doing covers that she's done. Andy and I both really enjoy Her Smells Like Teen Spirit and Love Song covers. Uh, those yes. would fall very high in our, our best of Tori Amos list. But, uh, Andy, why don't you start? Tell me what you think the best Tori Amos song to you is. Cornflake Girl. You bet your life it is the best song that Tori Amos ever did. I just, I think it is just such a, a great song. It's very hard to make the the piano a, a sort of forward-leaning instrument uh, and, and have it sound kind of like hard rock, alternative-y. Um, but that's what a song like Cornflake Girl does. And uh, it's got a, a, a hard edge to it. And... Um, you know, a, a singable, memorable chorus, and and there you go. I just that's a I that's always what I think. Uh, when we when we first started talking about this, I'm like, you're like, oh, this is really hard. What's our best song? And I'm like, uh, no, it isn't. That that was uh, very easy for me to go to Cornflake Girl immediately. And and it's interesting because Cornflake Girl would have been the one that I, I think it's definitely one of her top three in my mind uh, i i went back and forth with it being her most representative and i think a lot of that comes from the story of it mm-hmm. which from what i remember is uh, the the cornflake girl was the name you give to other girls or women who would betray you even though you were close mm-hmm. friends uh, and, and i think some of it that comes from they she was talking to a friend about a female genital mutilation in africa and how a close family member would would basically 
betray the the victim and perform it on them uh, and that's that's kind of the uh the the general gist of it and then of course breakfast cereal raisins much harder to find mm-hmm. than cornflakes uh those, those kinds of things but I, if i remember and correct me if i'm wrong but didn't her record company release cornflake boxes with her no, on them i i want to say that's correct which but, were, um I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't have a distinct recollection of that, except that, like, yeah, I, I kind of remember that. So, if any of you have the cornflake box, please weigh in and tell us that that you you still have that, right? Because uh, I I think that's that's really true. We should ask our friends who worked in alternative radio in the early '90s if if they ever got promotional cornflake albums with Tori Amos. I'm sure they can confirm that for us. Yeah. Have them, if they taped the single to the box uh, and if what the percentage of cornflakes to to raisins was, would, would be interesting. I went a different direction because my favorite Tori Amos song. And I think the one that's best is an album, a a song called a sort of fairy tale, Mm -hmm. which comes from the album Scarlet's walk. Not an album that I think a, a lot of people relate to Tori Amos, but I I like a sort of fairy tale. I think it's it's one of those songs that really tells a good story about people who come in and out of your life, uh, things that uh, you know individuals, whether they're soulmates or not, uh, they they come back and forth and and uh, and stories about that. I also really like how it moves. Again, it, it's got a piano, but she has this really good uh, ability to layer a lot of different instruments, whether it's guitar parts, electric guitar parts. Um, you know, electric guitars, uh, basses, lots of different weird sounding pedals and things. And interestingly enough, the music video does have Adrian Brody in it uh, as a, I believe, a, a disembodied individual uh, in the in the video. So kudos to Adrian Brody for um, finding his way into a great song. So go. that would be mine. Um, yep. So let's go to the next one, which is what do you think is her most representative work? I think her most representative, and this may be a controversial choice, is Caudalite Sneeze. Oh. Yeah, very different uh, sort of song, but here's why I think it is representative. First of all, I'm I'm a sucker for a good harpsichord, and uh, the okay. fact that Tori Amos would use both a a harpsichord in this and uh, at, at the beginning have this very industrial feeling where it sounds like they're, you know, banging on pipes. And uh, in order to get some of those sounds, um, the drums in the background that sound very, uh, you know, not standard. Um, I, I think that goes back to what you were saying about the instrumentation and the layering and uh, I feel like she was able to put that together with what is essentially just a really, uh, you know, strong um, pop song, basically, um, you know, and right two thirds of the way through it, she stops, there's a pause, and then she picks it up doing the same song on piano, but then suddenly it's not the same song anymore. And there's a bridge that takes it in a different direction. And then she comes right back to it. And uh, the fact that it takes you on that journey, I think is really representative of what Tori Amos was always all about. And uh, that's, that's why 
I think it it works. You know, and I I agree with you, and I kind of felt the same way. I went back and forth from a, a bunch of them, but I I think I finally settled on Precious Things. It was a really tough race for me between Precious Things and Crucify, but I I think they kind of represent the same the same idea, which which is her her struggle with a lot of thematic issues, especially around religion. Uh, especially she's growing up very religious and, and had a lot of, uh, I, I think, family concerns around that. Uh, I, I think Precious Things is the one that really represents her um, trying to run away from this this ideology that her family tries to put on her and, and maybe not want that. Uh, I also think it represents another theme in hers, which is the, the, the issue of, of sexuality and power. Yeah. Um, you know, with the smashing the faces of those, those Christian boys that, you know, just regardless of how potent they are, that it doesn't make them Jesus. And I, I think that's what, what makes her such a great vocalist songwriter is that ability to tie in a lot of different themes that I think many artists struggle with. Uh, many people who go into music or art struggle with some sociocultural component, whether it's religion or sexuality. And I think especially her first two albums were so exceptional at, at doing that and really talking about who she was as a person. Uh, and I think precious things was the, one of the best examples of that. But I, I like, I like your non-traditional idea too, of, of going with caught a light's knees. And I know there's a lot of songs on her more recent albums. Uh, there's, there's a couple songs on, um, to Venus and back and, and from the choir girl hotel that I think have really cool themes too, but uh, I'm going with precious things. So to, to wrap up, what do you think is the song that people think of the most when they hear Tori Amos? I think silent all these years is the song that most people immediately think of um, just because okay. it in, in some ways it's because it's a sort of least representative song of, of what she's all about um, it it sounds more like a traditional sort of uh, female artist song about you know empowerment and uh, and and femininity. Um, I mean, really, it sounds more like a Joni Mitchell song than a Tori Amos song uh, in oh. a lot of ways. And okay. um, but it seemed to be a, a staple of. Uh, of alternative radio in the nineties uh, and, and came back for a second round when she released a live album and uh, then, you know, uh, had a, had a sort of second life in, in the charts as well. So I think that is uh, the song that probably most people will think of. Oh yeah. Tori Amos silent all these years. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I went back and forth again. I, I thought cornflake girl would be good here. I thought winter would be good here, uh, but I'm going to go with, uh, I, I thought pretty good year would be really good here. Uh, but I, th mm -hmm. I think the weight of a song like, like God is really the one that, yeah. that I think is, is most representative. Uh, I think crucify was, was pretty close to, but, uh, I, I think just the, how direct she is with God is, is such a great, uh, I just the focus that she comes into with, uh, I'm just going to exactly tell you how I feel about men and religion and society and, and power. 
uh, gender issues, all these kinds of things. I mean, the line, do you need a woman to look after you is one of the best lines you'll ever hear in a song. Mm -hmm. And I think once someone listens to that song, it, it it's hard to stick with what song represents Tori Amos and, and her body of work better. Uh, again, I think she's been such a great artist and that she's done a lot of different things you know, she, her, she's done a seasonal album. She's done the composer album like we talked about. But I, I think there's so many songs from those, like we've talked about, uh, Silent All These Years, Pretty Good Year, God Crucified. I mean, these these songs come right out and hit you with uh, a lot of different meaning and a lot of different themes. And, and to me, I think God is the one that just really representatively punches you in the face. Uh, and especially with what's going on in our society today, uh, becomes more and more topically important for what everyone's dealing with well and it's 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 why uh i think a lot of parents in our community are like you can't listen to the tori amos she you can't what she has the song about god not coming through for you and you're like, yeah okay whatever <laughs> but uh yeah i mean you're absolutely right i mean it's it's very direct and um i mean that's one of the reasons why i like it even though like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like, oh yeah, that's, that's a song that represents, you know, my, where I feel about faith or, or whatever. Right. Um, I, I think no matter where you are on a sort of believer to agnostic atheist spectrum, though, you've probably had a moment where you feel like that at least hmm. a little bit. And in that it's really universal and really works. Yeah. So I no, really, I really, that's, like a, it. that, great. that's a great, that's a great ad. I, I think we, you and I talk about that a lot as friends. And I think we'll probably bring that in a lot more into, there are a lot of great ways you can just be yourself in society and in art and in culture. I mean, one of the, the things you and I find valuable about music and, and video games and movies is that it's, it's a way for people to write and direct and act and express who they are. Uh, who they really are at their core, not not all of these mirrors and, and costumes we have to be in society. And I, I think that she's one of those artists that can be both subtle and direct. And I think that's really hard to find nowadays. So I, I really appreciate uh, her music and, and her willingness to uh, come out and do that. And I, I'm glad she, she continues to make music to, to support uh, people across, like you said, all, all walks of religious and sociocultural experience so amen to that yep. all right well great well thank you everyone for for listening to this version of the triptych we'll be back uh for our next episode but until then i'm jb i'm andy and this, and this could have been worse <laughs>